0: Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Minnesota Twins 5, the Cleveland Indians 2. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field. The thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And this was a rough one coming home against the Minnesota Twins, but it's been rough against the Minnesota Twins all season. Once again, I appreciate your patience. I appreciate I'm once again recording in the rental car. This will be the last episode from Colorado. And I also hope you understand that the wedding I was out here for was last night. So I know you can all imagine, all you morning people can imagine what your voice sounds like the day after a wedding. Not good for a broadcasting voice. So uh, bear with me. We're going to get through this episode and I'll be back in my studio tomorrow. Uh, to continue this Minnesota Twins series. So the Indians get beat up pretty bad in this one. And the top storyline in this game is it's got to be Polanco. It's got to be Polanco and Buxton. Uh, They have been killing the Indians all season. And they start things off right away in the first inning. I mean, they did not wait. I believe they scored a run uh, within five pitches of this game. Buxton singles on a ground ball. Uh, Shortstop Ahmed Rosario, he does run it down deep in the hole, but can't really make a throw from there. Uh, It pulls the first baseman off the bag. Jorge Polanco with that double and would set up Ref Snyder, who would single to right field, drop a single. I mean, give Ref Snyder credit, a good approach here, going opposite field, drops it in, and scores the first two runs. Just like that, Logan Allen, I think five pitches into this game, is already in trouble, is already down. And, I mean, it's insanity what Polanco and Buxton have been doing against the Indians all season. Uh, These are the updated stats on baseball reference. I'm glad uh, this was an earlier game uh, because it gave baseball reference time to update their stats. But uh, against opponents, against opponents, these are the splits for Jorge Polanco this season. Aside from the St. Louis Cardinals, which was a three-game series, uh, he hit 429 in that series. That's a little bit of an outlier. But against the Indians now, updated yesterday, he's hitting 375 against the Indians in nine games in 43 plate appearances. It's the best of any team in baseball besides the St. Louis Cardinals for Polanco this season. And he's got a 1.045 OPS. So an OPS over a thousand, a batting average of 375 against the Indians. Slightly better than the Royals and the Tigers. He's also hitting over 300 against them in the 900 OPS against them. Uh, yeah, apparently, Polanco has just been crushing the American League Central this season. Even the White Sox, he's close to a 300 hitter, 292 against them. So, absolutely destroying uh, the American League Central this season. Um, so, yeah, so that's what's going on for Jorge Polanco. We have struggled against him all year and then byron buxton guess what same darn thing um against the cleveland indians this year he is hang on because baseball reference is jumping ads all over the place uh against the cleveland indians this year now buxton has obviously been hurt has not played a ton of games against anybody uh he made it through six games against the texas rangers Made it through six games against Milwaukee. He's only played in three games against Cleveland? is that possible? 14 plate appearances? But he's hitting 643 against us with a 2.071 OPS, a 2,000 OPS. He's got three home runs, the most of any team he's faced, and two doubles, a nine hits, and 14 plate appearances against the Cleveland Indians. So Buxton has absolutely been giving us fits in the games he's actually played in. So that's what those two guys are doing against the Cleveland Indians this season. It really is insanity that they're that good against us this season. And frankly, the Minnesota Twins have just been that good against us this season. The Twins are now uh, eight and five against us, or I should say the Indians are five and eight against the Minnesota Twins with a negative 21 run differential. I mean, that basically wipes out that evens out what we've done against maybe the Detroit Tigers, where we're 12-7 and seven against the Tigers with like a plus 37 run differential against the Tigers. So for as much as we've gained facing the Tigers, we've lost that much ground facing the Minnesota Twins this season. So back into this game, back into Logan Allen, it just felt like he was missing spots. Uh, in the post game, DeMarlo Hale said they were all over his fastball, so they really had to throw the slider a lot. If you look at the illustrator on Baseball Reference, um, the pitcher for uh, the opener, is he the opener, is he the starter? It was always going to be a piggyback game. They announced before the game that Ober was not going to go deep and that Pineda was going to piggyback off him. But it looked like Ober had a plan with his pitches here. The fastballs are all up using both sides of the plate. The changeups break to the left from the catcher's view. The sliders break across the zone to the right. And the curveball he drops in a couple different spots. Like, it looks like there is a plan to his pitching here. It does not look like that for Logan Allen. Logan Allen is all over the place. It does look like he's trying to stay away, which I don't understand, because Logan Allen, it seems like he's had success when he pounds the ball inside. But he's facing all right-handed batters in this game. He's not face a lefty. And he's leaving sliders away. He's leaving changeups away. Now, I understand that they were all over his fastball. So they had to switch to um, some off-speed pitches. And let's see here. Let's see, where do these home runs come? I believe the home runs come on fastballs. So let's see here. Let's add that to the view. And the home run's given up by Logan Allen. Yep, the fastball up and away is what uh, Buxton got. Uh, That'd be later in the game. The fastball middle in uh, is what Polanco got that he turned on. It's at 107.2 miles per hour. Buxton's was uh, 103.1 mile per hour exit velocity. So two fastballs turn in to two home runs. So clearly they were sitting on that fastball, so they had to go to some other things. Now he gives up a ton of doubles in this game, most of them to Polanco. But what pitches were they using to get the doubles? Uh, the off-speed pitches. Uh, a changeup away would turn into a double for Polanco. That would be, uh, that was the first inning. The first inning he took a changeup, uh, and then it was a slider to Polanco would be the second double. So man, Polanco just doing all the damage here. Um, so it takes a changeup and a slider hits them for doubles. So that's what was going on there. Um, he, he just doesn't seem like he had a plan of attack. And when we go over to the, uh, when we go over to the player breakdown here and take a look at his pitches. His pitch mix on the day, he actually throws more sliders than fastball on the day. I think we've seen this before from Logan Allen, where he's had to go to that slider. 29 sliders, 22 fastballs, 19 changeups, 11 curveballs, 5 sinkers mixed in there, and not really great numbers on any of them as far as CSW goes. Uh, The sinker's a little bit of an outlier. He only threw it five times, got three called strikes, so it's a 60% CSW. Everything else is below 30%. So he's just not getting the strikes. I mean, they're all over it. They were fouling off the slider. That did help him out a little bit. There were eight foul balls, only five sliders put in play. But uh, it was not the same uh, for the fastball. Uh, and I think he was just having trouble locating it. I mean, DeMarco Hale said they were all over his fastball. They only swung six times at his fastball. With once, fouled off once, and put four in play. So I don't know if you could say they were all over his fastball. It Sounds like he just wasn't locating his fastball. 22 fastballs, and he only they only swing six times at it. It doesn't sound like all over it to me. So those were the pitch mix from Logan Allen. It wasn't all bad from Logan Allen. He did have a few innings, uh, a few quiet innings in this game, or, or innings where he let one base runner on. But they get to him in that first inning for two runs. Uh, the second inning goes okay. He does give a single, but it does no harm. The third inning, Polanco comes back with that solo home run. Uh, gives him three runs on the game. Uh, when would the Indians tie this thing up here? The Indians would tie this thing up in the fourth. So he gets through the fourth clean. They're down 3 nothing. And then Jose Ramirez and uh, Fermil Reyes back-to-back hits. A single from Jose Ramirez. Actually, a bunt single taking the base, knowing that he's got to get on. A bunt single down the left field line to beat the shift. And then Fermil Reyes comes up. And uh, we'll talk about his at-bat in a second. But he goes 104.7 mile per hour home run to left field. The Franimal stays hot and uh, makes it a 3-2 game. Another solo home run in the top of the fifth, though. He gives one right back to Byron Buxton. Gives up one of those doubles to Polanco, but it doesn't turn into any damage. And then the sixth inning, they, uh, they start singling at him. And Brent Rooker gets a single to start off the inning, and that would be the end for Logan Allen. While we're talking about the sixth inning, Garza comes in and Jeffers and Arise go opposite field singles. They're ground balls. DeMarlo Hale said in his postgame thing, hey, at least he was getting ground balls. You hope they'd be at somebody. Yes, DeMarlo, you do hope they would be at somebody. But one of the things about taking that opposite field approach is you usually get a pretty big hole to hit through. And that's exactly what happened for Jeffers and Arise. They could just take nice, easy swings and poke it the other way and it turns into the final run, the fifth run, for the Minnesota Twins. So that's what was going on for Logan Allen. Yes, there were a couple of innings where he got out of it with no trouble. It's good that the home runs were solo home runs. I mean, if those were crooked numbers, this game would have really gotten out of control. At least it felt like the Indians were in it for a while. So that's my top storyline there. Logan Allen gives a serviceable performance, maybe we could say. Let's check out his final box score here as the MLB app loads. I think you can call this one serviceable. I mean, he does take the loss. He moves to one and six on the season, five and a third, eight hits. That's trouble. Five runs. Yes. Two home runs turned into you know, at least they're solo home runs. One walk and four strikeouts. So it's a rough one. It's a rough one from Logan Allen, not his best performance, but also not his worst. Like, there were some competent pitching in there for a little bit from Logan Allen. The top of the lineup just doing all the damage. I mean, they score four of the five runs. Those two guys at the top of the lineup, Buxton and Polanco, scored two of the or four of the five runs uh, in this game. Uh, again, for the Indians, uh, then coming out of the bullpen would be Garza. He would give up those hits. Unfortunately, that would be it. So uh, the one run gets credited to Logan Allen. It's an inherited run given up by Garza. He would go one and two thirds, give up three hits, no more runs after that, no walks and two strikeouts. And then Henches would actually come in and give you two competent innings here in the uh, to end the game. So it's nice to see Henches pitching well out of the bullpen, two innings pitched for him, only one hit allowed and three strikeouts. The problem and the other storyline in this game is that the Indians had some opportunities early, but my God, those those opportunities dried up. Uh, Because of double plays, they hit into two double plays in this game, uh, including a traditional one and then a crazy one with uh, with was it Owen Miller on second base. Let's go over to the game summary here. And uh, I believe it was Owen Miller who like uh, starts off second base. They throw the ball. uh, Ostadio throws the ball across the snow. They get the out there and then throws it back to Ostadio at third base and they tag out Owen Miller. Going to third, and uh, that's a double play that should never happen. That's just some bad base running there. If you're going to commit to going to third base, you better be pretty sure you're going to make it in that situation. When you're testing infielders there, trying to kind of cheat the infielders there. So, yes, it's uh, it's rough. So the Indians had some opportunities early, and then things just dry up for the Indians. So uh, you know they have uh, Myles Straw lead off the game with a single, but they can't turn it into anything. Uh, in the second inning, the single from Bobby Bradley leads off the inning, but then Owen Miller grounds into a double play. Uh, they get a single from Miles Straw in the third. So they have runners on in every inning here. Uh, but that comes with two outs, and then nomad Rosario strikes out behind them. They get the two runs in the fourth inning. And uh, let's go to this at bat. Oh, and then in the fourth inning would be that double play. Okay, so Bobby Bradley would ground out. Owen Miller would double. Uh, with one out, he would double and then uh, Daniel Johnson would hit into that double play, that crazy third-to-first, back-to-third double play. Uh, Miles Strawn, Ahmed Rosario would have back-to-back singles in the fifth, but that would come with two outs, and Jose Ramirez would pop out. And then this is the last bait, last base runner for the Indians. Fermil Reyes would walk to start the sixth. That would be the last hit base runner, anything offensively for the Cleveland Indians. So You'll want to get back into this game. It's a 5-2 to two game, not insurmountable against the Minnesota Twins' bullpen. Their bullpen has collapsed plenty of times this season. They're, they're not a great team. But for Neil Rice's walk would be the last base runner for the Indians. And then those singles in the fifth inning would be the last hits for the Cleveland Indians. And that's really, I mean, the Indians' offense should be able to muster more than two runs on a two-run home run. From Fermil Reyes. But while we're talking about the two-run home run, why not? Let's go down to it and take a look at what pitch he got here. Because it is fun when uh, when Fermil Reyes is hitting home runs. So let's go to this at-bat here. And uh, it starts off with a slider for a called strike. He nails the outside corner, paints the outside corner with a slider for a called strike. Then tries to challenge him up with fastballs. And this is kind of ridiculous here. Throws one up near his head. No chance of being called a strike. Throws another one kind of under his elbows. That should never have been called a strike. My God, this thing is three, four baseballs off the plate inside on Fermil Reyes. How was that ever called a strike? Comes with another fastball. Now he's down in the count uh, one and two. So now he's got to protect. He comes with another fastball up near his, up near his head, basically. Way above the zone that he's got to foul off. Then he thinks, okay, I've got Vermeer Reyes thinking high fastball. I can definitely sneak a slider past him. No, you cannot. No, you cannot, sir. 104.7 miles per hour, 423 feet. Absolutely crushes this slider, which is right down the pipe. Just below the belt. Perfect spot for for Vermeer Reyes to crunch, And he hits his 27th home run of the season. That's your offensive highlight. That's it. I mean, that's it. That's all I got for you offensively. Um, Those are the storylines of this game. Logan Allen uh, tried. He he gave an effort, went deep, as deep as he could in this game. Uh, But the Indians offense absolutely runs out of steam. And that would be it for the Indians on the day. Uh, MVP for the day. Oh, this is a, oh, God. Don't make me do this. Uh, Formio Reyes does have the two-run home run. Miles Straw was 3 for 4 on the day. Uh I'm kind of leaning towards Miles Straw. I'm kind of leaning and he had the stolen base thrown in there. So, I'm kind of leaning towards Miles Straw for MVP of the day. It's been a while since we've seen him have a three-hit day like that. So, he was trying to set the table. He was he was doing everything he could from the leadoff spot to set the table. It just wasn't happening. Including leading off the game with a hit. I mean, like I said in that first inning, uh, you know, gets a hit to set the table. And uh, Amin Rosario called out on strikes. Jose Ramirez flies out. He steals second to try to make something happen. And then uh, Fermil Reyes flies out to right to end the threat. So uh, Straw was trying, so he gets MVP for the day. Frankly, if I'm being completely fair, MVP for the day was Jorge Polanco. I mean, this guy, four for five, the two-run scored, the RBI, they did strike him out once, but he had three doubles and a home run in this game. Three of those hits coming off Logan Allen. The last one coming off Garza. Luckily, some of those doubles never turn into runs. The first double turns into runs. The other two don't turn into runs. They're able to strand them out there. So, I mean, in in all honesty, Jorge Polanco definitely was the MVP for the day. But since this is an Indians podcast, we'll give it to Miles Straw. All right, coming up tomorrow, Indians fans, you better be excited for this one. Because Aaron Savali is back on the mound. That guy who at one point was leading Major League Baseball in wins. And I think those wins were definitely an important measure of how good Savali was pitching uh, to start this season. Uh, you know, sometimes, like we said, a few days ago, wins didn't matter. This one was actually a good measure to show how good Savali had been uh, compared to the rest of the American League pitchers, compared to the rest of Major League Baseball starting pitchers. So he's still 10-2 on the season with a three three two ERA. Uh, from everything I heard, uh, it sounds like if I remember the stat lines, it sounds like he was pitching pretty good down there uh, in his rehab starts. So we'll see what he has against the Minnesota Twins. He's going up against Gant for the Twins, who's four and nine with a three nine eight ERA. So the Indians are getting close to 500 again. They're only a game over 500. It would really be nice to finish this season over 500. So yeah, so Savali's got to go to work. It's time to play some Major League Baseball again for him, and it's time for him to go to work against the Minnesota Twins. So enjoy that one tonight, and I will be back in my studio to talk to you about Savali and this game tomorrow morning. All right, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Remember, if you want some show merch, check out ClevelandBaseballMornings.mySpreadShop.com for premium T-shirts, hoodies. Coffee mugs, the official Cleveland Baseball Mornings coffee mug, which you should be drinking your coffee from this morning while you listen to this podcast. It'd be perfect uh, perfect synergy right there. Uh, you could get it for men, women, kids. We got everything you want. Cleveland Baseball Mornings. My It's in the show notes. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about Savali. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show, Cleveland Baseball Mornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game. Also, you can call in using the Anchor app. It's in the show notes. Thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning.